You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. College football today. Championship Saturday is here. There's nothing better. We'll know who the top four teams are for the college football playoff at about midnight tonight. Joe Lisi, Rich Sermonello, live on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Rich, we were just talking on break about Baker Mayfield, this video that has surfaced against TCU, that game that they won 38-20. to Supposedly, Baker Mayfield in warm-ups throwing the football at a TCU player running out onto the field, could that factor into this ball game a little bit later? Well, I, I mean, I, I don't think they need any extra motivation. I mean, I, I think TCU hates Baker Mayfield and all things Oklahoma, and and Baker doesn't need any extra motivation. The concern that I have is. He's too old at this point to be so doggone immature. I mean, the kid's got to stop already. There, there, there was a point where I like the swagger. I like the grit. I like the determination. Spent some time with him a couple of years ago, and I asked Baker face-to-face, you still have the chip on the shoulder? And I'm, I'm telling you, the look on his face was like the kid plays with something to prove, and I love that. I really do. But now he's made so many stupid mistakes. I mean, grow up already. You're on the brink of becoming an NFL quarterback. You're going to possibly be someone's franchise. Act like a mature adult. I mean, things like firing a ball at a TCU player during warm-ups is just completely uncalled for. That's not how you galvanize your team. I think he's going to hurt himself. And watch over the next couple of months as we're doing shows about the draft and pre-draft coverage. Watch how many times you hear references between the personality of Baker Mayfield and the personality of Johnny Manziel. I don't know if it's fair or not, but this is something that NFL GMs are going to look at. Well, here's the other question as well. Assuming... Oklahoma wins. Does this affect the Heisman, number one? I mean, look at the -the off-the-field incidents since the offseason. He got arrested in Arkansas. He had the -the off-the-field issue with Kansas today where he had to apologize. flag planting. Right. right, With Ohio Ohio State. State. I mean... I can't, I don't know who steps up now in, in championship week to take the Heisman Trophy away from Baker Mayfield, but if he loses today, yeah. could be a wide open race now. I, I think he's I listen, I, I think he's so far ahead that it's gonna be difficult to unseat him. I think he wins the Heisman next week. But I'll give you a name that would have a shot. I think some Heisman voters are looking for an alternative just because he's done so many distasteful things during the course of the season. There are a lot of voters who are looking for an alternative. How about this scenario? How about Kerryon Johnson, not at 100%, has a heroic day in the SEC title game, and all of a sudden voters are taking... I don't think it'll happen. The odds are against it, him actually winning the Heisman. But Kerryon Johnson might be the one kid in a big spot realizing that he's not 100%. If he has a great game, maybe some voters are like, this is a kid that I'd like to champion, especially if Baker Mayfield in Oklahoma loses the TCU. Well, I'll take it one step further. What about Jonathan Taylor if he has a huge game for Wisconsin today and leads that team to a Big Ten championship? A lot of people have mentioned numbers-wise, he's right there with the best running backs in the country. Could Jonathan Taylor vault himself? He's only a freshman. True freshman. No true freshman has ever won the award. Can that that happen? Yeah. Well, I, I think he would need a. Uh, I think he would need a Herculean effort, just because a lot of fans, a lot of voters, have not paid attention to him. They they'll see him tonight in Indianapolis. When Rich and I come back, we'll be talking about that Big Twelve championship, TCU and Oklahoma. Keep it where it is. Joe Lisi and Rich Sermonello live on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Studio Thirty Four.
Playing daily fantasy basketball this year? Consider Daily Roto your go-to resource. Whether you play on DraftKings or FanDuel, Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. With a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, there's no better place to get your NBA DFS content. Better yet, you can save 10% using the promo code FNTSY. So go to dailyroto.com slash premium and learn more about our awesome product. The turnover chain will be in full effect tonight. ACC championship game in Charlotte. Number seven, Miami. Number one, Clemson. This is what it's all about. I love the Clemson Tigers tonight. When everybody talks about teams making the college football playoff, we talk about Urban Meyer. All Urban Meyer does is coach them up. Nick Saban, all Nick does is get that talent. He coaches it up. What about Dabo? Dabo has the possibility, Rich, to make it to three straight college football playoff appearances. I think they dominate today. I love the way the defense is playing. And oh, by the way, this team is 4-1 and one on the road this year. They beat Louisville, Virginia Tech, NC State, South Carolina. Those teams are a combined 33-15 and 15 or a 687 winning percentage. They won those games by 17.7 points per game. They're battle-tested. They'll be ready, and they get a dominating 37-20 to 20 win later tonight. I, I like your point about Dabo. I, I think he's, he's getting credit. I think we all recognize him as one of the, I know, worse than five or six best coaches in college football. But you, I like your point, which is, you know, we sort of we put Alabama in its own class because they have multiple national championships. And until Clemson gets a second or a third, we probably can't mention them in the same sentence. But look at what Dabo has done. He loses what I believe is the best player in Clemson history, Deshaun Watson. No experience at quarterback with Kelly Bryant. Bryant is not healthy for a part of the season. And where is Clemson? Tops in the country with a shot to, to beat Miami win a third straight ACC championship. So Dabo has created a machine at Clemson. They're getting some of the best talent in, in the uh, on the Eastern Seaborn, in, in the Atlantic Coast. They do it year after year now. They expect to win titles. I think they beat Miami. And it's not because Miami lost to Pitt, by the way. I, I think if Miami took care of business against the Panthers last Friday, I would have felt the same way that I do today. Yeah, I agree, and you bring up a great point. Here's the point that I want to make in terms of Alabama. Three straight years they started the year with a new quarterback. They had Blake Sims, Jay Coker, and Jalen Hurts, and everybody said, well, it's Alabama. They, they have to make it back to the college football playoff because it's Nick. But when Clemson lost their starting quarterback, it was, oh, everybody had them pegged at 9-3. and three. Right. They're not good. They're not going to make it. Florida State's going to win the right. ACC. Right, Florida State yeah. and DeAndre Francois. And all Brett Venables and Dabo Sweeney have done is coach up that talent on the defensive side of the ball. And that's the matchup that I think plays out later tonight. This is a Clemson defense that's rock solid in run support. They're holding opposing offenses to 113 rushing yards on the ground. They're only giving up 169 passing yards to a 
opposing quarterbacks. They do have 40 total sacks. Those guys, when you look at Kev Bryant, Austin Bryant, Cleveland Farrell, you got Dexter Lawrence, Christian Wilkins. This team is rock solid in run support and more importantly, has pressure off the edge. Now, you look at third down defense in this matchup, Clemson holding opposing offenses to 28% on third down conversions. That's the Achilles heel for Malik Rozier and that Miami offense, Rich. They're only converting 30% of the time in those type of situations. This game, they're going to be without their starting wide receiver uh, Richards and their starting tight end Hernan. Those are key losses in this ballgame. Which they can't afford. I, I mean, if I'm a Miami fan, I'm excited about tonight, but I'm obviously concerned. And the big concern is yeah, it, it reminds me a little bit of our discussion last week about Ohio State, Michigan. Michigan, great defense, but where is the offense going to come in order to upset Ohio State? I feel the same way about Miami and Clemson. Really like the defense. The defense is healthy, and I believe, Joe, they'll give problems to Clemson because I've said all year long the Clemson offense has not been at championship level. Kelly Bryant's been good. Deion Kane has been good, but no real greatness. I mean, there's there's not a C.J. Spiller out of the backfield. There's not a Mike Williams amongst the receivers right now. There's not a Jordan Leggett at tight end. So I, I think Miami can control that offense of Clemson, maybe even keep this game close for a while. But much like Michigan last week, where does the offense come from? Malik Rozier has been iffy. Travis Homer, better than I thought out of the backfield. But against that front seven of Clemson, that will be a problem. And you touched on it. Amon Richards, Christopher Herndon, you lose two weapons from the passing game. So it might be close early because of that Miami defense. And if the turnover chain does come out, I mean, then all bets are off. I mean, they're third in the country in takeaways. If that is a trend tonight, then Miami has a shot. I don't think it'll be the case. Again, Clemson in championship mode. They've been here before. Great coaching staff. I think they win, pull away late, and cover the spread. I agree. And here's the thing. You brought up turnovers. Anytime you have a defense that could force turnovers and change field positions, Position, you're going to be in ball games and UCF plus 17 in turnover margin. That's where Miami is as well. And they do have 39 sacks as a defensive unit. So if they could get pressure on Kelly Bryant, put him into third down and long situations, force him to make his reads and progressions. Miami has a very good chance to win this ball game. But I look at the rushing attack of Homer and that offensive line over the last couple of weeks. This is a Miami offense that has become one dimensional over the last couple of games of the season. And that's not what you want to see for Mark Richt and the offensive staff. They're only rushing for 96.5 yards per game. And you look at Miami's resume on the road or on a neutral field site this year, Rich. They're 3-1 and one overall. They beat Duke, Florida State, and uh, they beat North Carolina, lost to Pittsburgh. Those teams are a combined 19-28 and 28 overall or 404 winning percentage. And they only won those three games by 11.3 points per game. To me, that's the difference as well. Clemson's been here. This is the third straight ACC championship. They've been battle-tested. They've played in college football playoffs, and they expect to win with a coach that you mentioned, and Dabo Sweeney. Let's be honest. He's knocked off Oklahoma. He's knocked off Notre Dame. He's knocked off LSU. He's knocked off Alabama. I mean, the list goes on and on about the big games that Dabo Sweeney's coached up, and that's where, when you look at Mark Richt, still looking for that marquee win on his resume. Well, think about this number Uh, for people who are thinking about wagering this game. Last 10 neutral site games for Clemson, 9-1 against the spread. And when I think about neutral site games in college football, what are we talking about? Big bowl games? Sure. Playoff games? 
Uh, ACC championship game. This game is neutral site in Charlotte, Bank of America Stadium. So when Dabo and that staff are playing on neutral sites, which means big game events, they don't only win, they cover 9-1 and one over the last 10. And, listen, if you find some kind of a an underground college football fantasy game that you're playing this evening, <laughs> you got to go with Hunter Renfro. Because Love does, him. Does Love anybody him. come Love up bigger in these types of games? Hunter Renfro lays in the weeds. He plays possum. For the first 10 or 11, we're talking about the Clemson wide receiver, the first 10 or 11 games of the season, then when it's a rivalry game or a playoff game or an ACC championship game, you can't cover the guy. So watch out for Hunter Renfro for Clemson. That's a great analogy. Hunter Renfro will make it on the next level. He is a Ryan Switzer, a Julian Edelman. Don't Danny, say Wes Welker. Everybody compares Danny the slot guy. M. Amendola. I love it. I mean, that's what you're looking at when you look at Hunter Renfro, and he's done it on the big stage. He understands he has a great quarterback to wide receiver relationship where he had it with uh, Deshaun Watson. He has it with Kelly Bryant. He is a gamer, so I agree with you. Here's the other factor as well for uh, Malik Rozier on this offense. He's had a tendency to really force balls into coverage. This is a Clemson defense that enters this game plus three in turnover margin, but on the road or on a neutral field site, the Tigers are plus six, and they've stepped up in recent weeks. They did last week against South Carolina, and when you look at the four wins road wins this year, they have a great tendency to force turnovers against solid quarterbacks. I think what's interesting to me, and you started the conversation off talking about Dabo and Clemson, Alabama. I I look at Clemson as, forget about the, the championships and the wins and losses per se, but their mindset, Clemson's approach to big games is what we normally talk about with Alabama. You know, put Nick Saban in Alabama in a big game setting tough to bet against that team and that's what I'm seeing with Clemson right now they get up for big games they know how to go for the jugular one of the best defensive lines you reeled off the names Miami's offensive line has been so-so this year it's not a great offensive line they've done a pretty good job especially run blocking initially for Mark Walton and then for Travis Homer so a good unit but more of overachievers whereas Clemson is absolutely elite because of the defensive linemen mainly Dexter Lawrence uh, and Christian Wilkins, that group against the offensive line for Miami, if we're looking at Malik Rozier facing pressure in the pocket, this is a kid who's had accuracy issues, has had some turnover problems. Now, if you not only have those defensive linemen, Joe, but someone like a Dorian O'Daniel from the second level getting in his face, that's where this game could potentially become lopsided. And keep an eye out for an X factor on defense. Ray Ray McLeod last week against South Carolina wore number 21 to to be utilized by Brett Venables in nickel types of situations. Look for Ray Ray McLeod. He's an athletic wide receiver that does play corner, does play nickel. Look for him to possibly be a factor against Malik Rozier in this matchup. I said Mark Richt hasn't won a big game. Yes, he won an SEC championship years ago, but in recent years in Georgia hasn't had that marquee game on his resume we'll see if he can get it done later tonight is it eight o'clock kick as Ohio State does play Wisconsin when we come back we'll dive right into the SEC championship game with former Georgia Bulldog wide receiver Corey Allen Joe Lisi and Rich Sermonello live on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Studio 34.
If you're playing daily fantasy basketball on DraftKings or FanDuel this NBA season, you need to sign up for Daily Roto. Built by a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. Better yet, you can save 10% off using the promo code FNTSY. So go to dailyroto.com backslash premium to learn more about their product. Big matchup, SEC Championship rematch, Georgia-Auburn. If you want to get the skinny on the Bulldogs, you reach out to a former standout between the hedges in Athens. He's live on the Fantasy Sports Celebrity Guest Line, former Georgia Bulldog wide receiver, Corey Allen. Corey, how are you today? Extremely excited down here, Joe. Bulldog country is at a fever pitch right now. Championship football is just moments away, and we couldn't be more excited. We've got an opponent that we're extremely familiar with, a lot of respect for, but we couldn't ask for a better time to try to find out if we're really uh, at the moment. Have we arrived? Are we ahead of schedule? I think we're on schedule, and I want to know if the Bulldog Nation and the faithful is ready to take on the challenge that we have today. Auburn is going to be a tough opponent but we're excited, I tell you what, Joe. Corey, we weren't smiling about three weeks ago on the Plains in Auburn when we when the Bulldogs lost 40-17, to but what does Kirby Smart and this offense and defensive staff have to do to change the outcome in the Mercedes Dome at 4 p.m. later today? I think the last time the Dogs faced Auburn, we had a tough lesson to learn, and that was, you know, you can't win every battle, every down in the trenches. Auburn is a tough opponent, and what we've got to do differently, in my personal opinion, is we've got to put our quarterback in a position to have an impact on the game, especially on the early downs. On the offense, I feel like we need to try to look into the play-action pass early, but not so much to the perimeter. We have these great tight ends and running backs who can catch the ball out of the backfield, Joe. I think it's time to take advantage of that. We haven't used our tight ends much enough in my personal opinion so I feel like this is a great time to try to exploit those blitzing and those uh those linebackers that play on their toes because Auburn is not necessarily just good on that line that that linebacking core supports them well on defense we've got to be tough we've got to be hard-nosed regardless of who the tailback is we're very much interested in carry on Johnson's health to be honest but at the same time Joe we've got to be solid on defense but I think the difference is going to come from that third team if you ask me Hey, Corey, it's Rich. Uh, carry on Johnson, obviously everybody's interested in what his health is going to look like. Um, you've been around football your whole life, and I know you don't have necessarily inside information, but looking at what happened last week and, and the things we've heard this week, what is your guess as, as to his status heading into today's game? I hate to be too optimistic, Rich, but I'll be honest with you. It doesn't look good for Carryon Johnson if you're a fan of the Auburn Tigers. The way the injury happened, the severity of the injury, and just any type of shoulder injury, when you look at that particular joint, it takes a couple of weeks to heal in general. And he took some blows in that Alabama game. And he's been a tough ball carrier. He's been the primary bell cow for Auburn the entire season. And that's the difference between the Auburn backfield and the University of Georgia's backfield. We've had a chance in Athens to spread that work around a little bit. We've got two healthy running backs for this rematch. Carryon Johnson right now is banged up because he has carried the load, and that load has been tremendous. He's done a great job in doing so. I don't think it looks good. It does not bode well. He hasn't practiced all week. I think that shoulder is going to be an injury, and that's going to continue to impact him. And if we get a good lick on it, I, I think it actually might take him back out of the game if they try to play him. 
Corey, when you look at uh, Kirby Smart this week, I know that he sent in game film of the the game in November to the SEC office in terms of missed holding calls. Uh, again, Gary Danielson put it out there, and Kirby Smart was a little upset about that. But, I mean, what what is Kirby looking for? Is he looking for calls? Because, I mean, obviously he broke down the tape and he saw something that he didn't like. And if Georgia has to slow down Auburn's offense today, it's going to come off the edge in terms of getting a pressure on the offensive line in terms of run blitzes? I think the main reason you do any type of inquiry to the conference when you're looking at what Kirby Smart may or may not have done, I can't confirm it, but it is widely reported that he did take a look at a few plays and he didn't like the way uh, the holding calls were or were not distributed. I think it's a good way to set the barometer as to what is fair on both sides because if you see a team doing something that's out of the ordinary you might want to ask the league is this okay for us all to participate in can my offensive line operate in this same function I hate to you know guess at what his reasons may have been you know Gary did put it out there in a personal conversation so whatever Kirby's reasons were it's going to be an impact on this game because it is now widely reported it is now in you know, in the media, and I'm sure the referees who I understand are watching film right now, Joe, they're watching tape as we speak, and they're noticing both sides of the ball regardless of who the team is. So I think it's going to have an impact, and this might be a close call game in the trenches early. I do believe in the end they're going to allow these kids to play, and they're going to let the field, the play on the field dictate the winner versus throwing flags late in the game. Corey, uh, like you, I'm sure, I went back this week, watched the first meeting between the Tigers and the Bulldogs. One thing that kept jumping out at me is Chip Lindsey, the offensive coordinator of Auburn, did such a great job of calling the game, misdirections, really keeping Georgia guessing defensively. What can Kirby and the staff do to sort of address that uncertainty, that unpredictability of the Auburn offense that was shown in that first victory? You've got two options right there, Rich. You can either play responsible football and just continue to do your job because the way your defense should be set up is regardless of the misdirection, if you participate and do your assignment, everything should cover itself. Aside from the obvious, which is playing responsible football, you can also apply pressure and try to figure out where can I apply the pressure that will interrupt this offense, especially getting in the backfield. If you can't penetrate that misdirection offense in the backfield with your defensive front, you're going to have a tough time stopping what they're trying to do, especially when they're giving you so many different signals to both sides of the field. So it's a tough, it's a tough job to carry regardless of your, your approach. But the best thing for you to do is to make sure that you play assignment football first and foremost. You have to do your own individual job. And I think that's where Georgia lacked the last game. And late in the game, Georgia players were trying to do plays that weren't in the area, trying to get outside of their zones, trying to make the big play. But it ended up having a negative impact. And I feel like if we can play responsible football and at the same time apply pressure when appropriate, we should be in good shape as Georgia Bulldogs today. Corey, when you look at the offensive side of the ball, I feel they have to utilize the short to intermediate passing game early on. You mentioned the tight ends of Blazevich and Nauda in this ball game, but I also feel Sony Michelle's ability to catch the football out of the backfield, or more importantly, on slots in terms of the slot formation, utilizing him on nickelbacks or linebackers could be a matchup that I think you look at this offensive staff could create today because it is all hands on deck because there is no tomorrow. This is George best chance to get to the college football playoff. Do you see that being a game plan against the Auburn Tiger defense? 
Definitely, Joe. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Sony Michelle is an asset not just in the backfield, but when you put him matched up on the perimeter against a linebacker or a safety, he's going to nine times out of ten, he's going to have a strong opportunity to make a play for you. So I feel like we, again, have to do a great job of getting Jake Fromm a chance to impact the game, put the ball in playmakers' hands like a Sony Michelle, not just on the perimeter to your Javon Williams, but use your tight ends and use your running backs out of the backfield. Run the angle route. Get them in the flat and find a way to let them make plays in the open field. Sonny Michelle's got to be a big part of the game plan for us to win today because he's so dynamic. And every time you see 27, Nick Chubb on the field, that defense automatically keys on him. So we need to offset the pressure Nick takes on by offsetting it with the Sony responsibility. Hopefully they're on the field, Joe, at the same time a lot more often today. Corey, uh, Joe and I, and like you, I'm sure, just uh, huge fans of college football. If, if there's one downside to the playoff, and I love the playoff, is that sometimes we get fixated on you know who's going to get that berth. This weekend almost looks like it's a quarterfinal matchups. We lose sight of the fact that there's an SEC title uh, at stake. Talk to our audience about what it means to be an SEC championship uh, champion, why that still matters, uh, even in the era of the playoff. Well, the SEC traditionally has taken a great pride in its own conference play behind the talent and the level of competition that it, that, that it takes on week in and week out. So whenever you consider yourself the champion of the SEC, you're not just the champion of a league, you're the champion of the best league in college football. Now, true enough, in most cases, with that being said, you will get a chance to play for a national championship in most scenarios in this this year is no different, Rich. So, you know, being champion of the SEC gives you everything and it gives you every opportunity. You can keep in mind Auburn is a two-loss team, but if they are in position to win this championship, they'll be one of the few two-loss teams, again, to take this chance or to be given the opportunity to go and play for the national title simply because their schedule dictates it and their league also dictates it. So it's a very proud league that we participate in, a very competitive league, and regardless of the outcome for the champion, you want to be the champion over and above anything else. Corey, great insight and information. We know that uh, you'll be watching the game at 4 p.m. We're going to put you on record before we head to break. How do you see this one playing out? I'm sweating, Joe, but i got to believe in my dog, and I think it's going to come down to a missed field goal about the Tigers, 28-27. to 27. Defense comes up big. Dogs win. One-point victory for the former Bulldog, Corey Allen. He brought up some interesting uh, game plan scenarios for Georgia. I agree with that. I think they have to be very aggressive, get Jake Fromm involved. But how you do that, it's not so much in the terms of the wide receivers and the tight ends. You can throw short to intermediate passes on screens, get those offensive linemen out in space, run Auburn's defense from sideline to sideline to wear them out, and that could open up running lanes later in the matchup. I wonder how much confidence Kirby Smart and the offensive staff will have in giving the keys to Jake Fromm. I mean, he obviously is going to play a big key. Same thing with Jared Stidham on the Auburn side. But I wonder if Georgia has gotten to that point where they're confident in Jake Fromm to say, listen, we're going to open up the playbook a little bit more. We're going to give you more responsibility. 
This is the SEC title game, and this kid was in high school last year, so it's going to be interesting to see how he rises to the moment on this stage. I don't know if it happens, but if he does struggle like he did last last yeah. game, I think Jacob Eason, it's yeah. all hands on deck. Yeah. I mean, there is no tomorrow in this matchup. You can't hurt anybody's feelings. I understand he's only a freshman, but it's make it or break it at 4 p.m. in Atlanta, Georgia-Auburn. When we come back, we'll be talking to Game Time Decisions host Gabe Morenci will get his best bets for the weekend. Joe Lisi and Rick Sermonello live on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Studio 34. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Just about an hour and 20 minutes away from the start of kickoff championship Saturday. You want to get your best bets, you bring on Game Time Decisions host, Gabe Morenci. He's been on fire. He's locked How hot? How hot is he, Joe? He's hot as a pistol. And I can't see him, but I know he's probably wearing a Michigan or Miami jersey today. No, I'm repping, uh, I'm repping Lane and the boys. FAU. FAU, baby. And unlike unlike the bandwagon jumpers, I've actually had this uh, from years. We go way back uh, with the house. Um, you know, what what a season. What can I say? You know, I did a, a football conference, actually. I went to Costa Rica uh, before the season started, the International Football Betting Conference. And uh, one of the best bets that I gave was Florida Atlantic season win total over four and a half. Well, guys, they're at nine, man. Do we get uh, do we get wow. double the money because they want double the games? And I tell you what, they're going to get the double digits uh, in a couple hours as well. They're going to get to double digits points. Uh, and they might get to triple digit points in this football game, uh, but they're going to get to ten wins in a couple hours, guys. Gabe, I'd like your take on Memphis and UCF. Uh, Joe and I have not discussed the game. I think it'll be highly entertaining. Obviously, the points are built in, but you know, Memphis has played great. UCF undefeated with both have a shot to play uh, in a group of uh, in a New Year's Six bowl game. How do you see this game playing out in terms of under over, but also the spread? Well, you know what, uh, Rich, oftentimes when I change my mind on a football game, I end up uh, out taking myself. But I'm going to I'm going to go old school once again. Remember Ross Perot. You know, I used to be a big Larry King fan. I remember watching the Larry King show one night and Ross Perot when he was running for president told Larry, Larry, only dead people and dumb people don't change their minds. And, you know, all week I was thinking, I can't get in front of this uh, Central Florida team. Uh, but, you know, Memphis have lost one football game uh, this year. And it was two of the aforementioned uh, Central Florida Knights. 
I wonder how much is left in the tank suddenly right now after that emotional football game last week. For me, it was the best uh, best game of the year by far. That's what college football is all about. I got goosebumps. I came to tears, man, when I kept seeing that Quinton Flowers doesn't have any parents. He came out with Coach uh, with Coach Strong. That's just to me what the, the college game. Neither team lost last week. You know, one team just ran out of time. But without being stated, I think Memphis is sort of just sitting here thinking nobody's talking about us. You know, nobody's talking about us, uh, about us at all. Everyone's talking about Scott Frost. How about Coach Norvell? You know, I'm sure his phone is, uh, has been a pretty active one this week uh, as well. I think we got a live dog here suddenly, Rich. In a football game, I think potentially whoever has the ball last wins. And we're talking about two offenses. One of them puts up 48 points a game. The other one puts up 47. Central Florida 48, Memphis 47. There's going to be points. The total opened at 84, 84 and a half. It was the highest total in any college football conference championship game in the history of these things. And it's been bet down. I don't get it, man. Call me Sammy Square. I'm loading up, guys. I'm going real big. I really will need a loan. I might have to stay at your house over the holidays, Rich, if this game doesn't Oh, come you're in. always well. I'm you're, going over the yeah. number, baby. Give me the over 81. And you know what? Give me the Memphis Tigers plus the points. You know, I'm picturing uh, I'm picturing you uh, in my basement, just frightening the heck out of uh, my wife and children. But I think that would be a I think it would be a Christmas miracle if you could spend some time in our house this uh, this uh, month. Yeah, we can watch the Bulls. We can watch the Bulls yeah. together. Yeah, I would I would love that. If I'm in the basement, you're gonna hear a lot of yells, and there might be some uh, some weird smells coming out of the basement. But uh, we can watch the games together. <laughs> Well, Gabe, great call on FAU. I hear that Costa Rica is going to pay you in Bitcoin now because uh, of the win total. So that's a great pick there with Lane Kiffin and, and the crew. Another 12 o'clock game with MAC championship title on the line. It's Terry Bowden and Akron. We look at Toledo with Logan Woodside and Terry Swanson. I mean, Toledo dominated this victory earlier in the year, but it's rematch city for Terry Bowden and the crew. I think the Zips are in this game from start to finish. Well, you know, of course, I know Coach Bowden's a friend of the program, and he's also been a friend uh, to betters and backers of the Zips uh, this year as well. They're playing with house money right now, guys. They're playing with house money. You know, nobody expected them to win this many games. Hell, I don't even think, if you would ask Coach Bowden secretly off the air earlier, hey, you guys going to uh, go to the championship game this year? He'd go, I don't know about that, Joe. <laughs> you know, he'd be honest with you. Here they are. They're playing with house money. Toledo have sort of been the class with Northern Illinois of this conference for years. But as you guys know, Toledo have always fallen short for one reason or another and been unable to get to this championship football game. Sort of like Boise State. Like Boise State hasn't owned a Mountain West. You figure they should, but they haven't. Um, without being stated, for them to get the championship, I don't know. Last time I checked, right, you know, for you to get to the hardware doesn't mean you have to cover the point spread. Or by 22 points. Way too many points in a championship game. You know, all the Zips need to do is score a bit. All the Zips need to do is get a couple of first downs. Uh, Toledo are, are great offensively. We know this. But uh, defensively, they're not very good. You know, the Zips can come up with a couple of stops. It's going to chew some clock up. I'm not calling an outright win here. But I think I think Toledo win in the, by, you know, the 10 to 14 range. I think 21 is way too high in this football game. Gabe, I'm, I'm picturing, uh, I'm, I'm back to you being in my house. I'm thinking Billy Bob Thornton and Bad Santa. Would that be an accurate portrayal of what uh, what that would look like? Well, I got to tell you, if there's any uh, any Hollywood film producer types out there or 
You know, maybe Lou Myon wants to back a movie or something. I think we got something here. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, I think we also well, have something. A holiday, a holiday movie with Sermonello, Marenzi, and Lisa. <laughs> that's a that's a winner, if you ask me. I mean, I I would go to the box office to watch uh, to watch that movie. Uh, I'd have to be leaving the house if you were in the basement. Um, let, let's. Uh, we we also have something in Atlanta, Auburn, Georgia. It should be a great football game rematch. We know what this game means in terms of the playoffs. But uh, Auburn or Georgia, who uh, who gets out of the city with a win? Well, you know, we give so many picks, so I know it's hard to keep up. I don't know if you guys remember, but Auburn was one of my best bets of the year yes. uh, a couple of weeks ago against yep. the Georgia Bulldogs, and I believe I was in a minority uh, for the most part. Not anymore. This is the biggest line movement of the week, guys, and we got line movement in the Big Ten championship game as well and a little bit of movement in the ACC game. This is the biggest line movement of the week uh, so far. Opened up Auburn Tigers 2.5. The Georgia Bulldogs are officially in favorites right now, guys. They're one-point favorites, uh, the Georgia Bulldogs. And I, I think the line wow. move is going in the right direction. I just – and I have a lot of respect for Gus Malzahn. I'm a big Gus Malzahn backer. I made a lot of money betting this guy over the years. I bet a lot of money betting on him this year. They said I loaded up on that game. This is – you know, if you're the Georgia Bulldogs, everything has fallen into place for you. You know, you had a great – your quarterback went down. doesn't matter. The kid comes in, from, from comes in, uh, does a great job. I was wondering if he was able to throw the ball, if they fell behind. He didn't really, you know, he was never really put in that position. They just got punched in the mouth so much in that first game. I think Fromm has learned something from that uh, that football game. I don't believe that Auburn's going to be able to shut down the, the two-headed monster of that Georgia attack again. Nor I love overs, guys, and I'll be betting a lot of overs today. This is not a game I'll be betting the over. This is going to be, you know, forget about NFL football. This is real football you're going to be watching today. SEC Conference Championship, trip to the playoffs on the line. Uh, oldest rivalry, I believe it is, uh, in the SEC. I think they've been playing like 105 years or something insane, even more, uh, 116 years, whatever. This is going to be a smash mouth football game. The game is in Atlanta. And, you know, listen, in past years, it's funny, guys. Yesterday, the World Cup of Soccer draw was announced, and I was talking about Portugal, and about how Portugal won the Euro Cup, and I said they're always hype, but they never won. You know, this is Georgia. Georgia's always been that sexy program that hasn't done anything. You know, the hanger hat on the Herschel Walker era. But ever since then, it's just been disappointment, uh, underachievers. You know, here they are right now. I think they seal the deal. I think they pull the carpet out from underneath Auburn right now. And um, I think they seal the deal uh, here. You know, they don't have to play Alabama. You know, the game is in Atlanta. And I don't think that Auburn's going to be able to match the intensity level that they did the first time against Georgia, and the game was in Auburn. Last week against Alabama, the game is in Auburn. You're taking Auburn out of a little bit of a comfort zone right now, and I think Auburn might be thinking to themselves they're a little bit better than they actually are. I think they're walking into a hornet's nest. The dogs are frothing at the mouth, guys, and they've got rabies. Give me the Georgia Bulldogs. To win the SEC championship and go to the playoffs. That is music to my ears, Gabe. We'll get you on next hour. We'll get your picks for the ACC and the Big 12 in next hour. Thanks for the information. I'm fired up, guys.
He's fired up, and that is... He's a, always fired up. I know he's fired up. You, him in your basement, I would lo- I would like to videotape that, yeah, to be honest with you. Yeah, we need to make that happen. That I, might I, need I to would be really... A, I could see him coming up at like 1 o'clock in the I morning smell, for like a, you know, yeah. like a snack. Do you have snacks in your house? Always snacks. They're often organic. Organic? Uh, always, he's not, not going to eat organic. I wouldn't well, we'll eat we'll organic have, snack. We'll have to go to the local Wegmans and load up on uh, whatever snacks really? he likes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think I, I smell fantasy sports network reality TV. That would be incredible. Yeah. I'll be honest. We because we are all three different individuals it would be, it would that probably the, would make up one person. It would be the Gabe who stole Christmas is what we would name it this month. Really? Yeah. We'll we, we wear turnover chains with Gabe's face on it and then right? Yeah. I'd like to wear one with your face on it. If if we whoever wins today oh boy. will get a turnover chain. With the other with the person's other's face on it. Yes, as the champion. That seems like an apropos punishment. That, that would, and you have to loser. wear it the whole I, show. I had such an early lead, and I squandered that That's lead. That's right, I the oven have, mitt. Remember the oven I mitt? I remember the oven yes. mitt. Yes. And I, I should have you to wear that chain. You have flashbacks of the oven mitt. If I cannot hold you off, I, I should have to you're, wear that chain. Not, I'm coming down hard, down the stretch. I'm whipping it all the way home. I love it. I, I, I should have to wear that chain throughout the entire year of 2018. Well, that's what it's all about. That is what it's all about. One hour left before kick. When we come back, we'll be talking Big 12 championship game between TCU and Oklahoma. Joe Lisi and Rich Sermonello live in the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Studio 34. The award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network is your free fantasy source 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. You can catch this show and many others live on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app, iHeartRadio, or TuneIn Radio. Want to listen on your computer at work? Go to FNTSY.com slash radio or check us out on YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page where you can ask questions, discuss topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your questions on the air. The number is 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 days a year fantasy sports network of its kind without a subscription. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your fantasy source. Rapid fire picks. Let's jump right into it. Mac Championship, Terry Bowden and the Zips, Logan Woodside and Toledo. You give Coach Bowden an extra week. I think he get, comes up with a game plan. I think Akron's in this game from start to finish. I like uh, Nelson, the quarterback. I like Manny Morgan at the running back position. And Coach Amato will have a defensive game plan in place to force Toledo to work down the field. That's the difference. I think the Zips cover this number, and more importantly, are in striking distance for the upset. Yeah, I think there's a lot of agreement uh, today regarding Akron. I think they have the better coaching staff, and that's to take nothing away from Jason Candle. Jason Candle has not been in this position before, but you look at a Terry Bowden, you mentioned Chuck Amato, lots of big game experience from the past, going back to the ACC, SEC days, ACC for Amato, SEC obviously for Terry Bowden. I think they're in this game. I like Nelson as well. Toledo wins. Not enough offense for the Zips, but I think Akron covers. UL Monroe in Tallahassee to fleece Florida State. No Jimbo Fisher. It is Odell Hagen's the interim coach. 
But this team in Florida State lay in a huge number. How do you think they feel now? I mean, they're looking to become bowl eligible, but again, are, are their sales deflated from Jimbo Fisher's departure? I'll take the 26.5 with UL Monroe you in know, this matchup. I, I agree. The Warhawks, terrible defensively. They've given up 154 points over the last three weeks, but they've got a good little quarterback in Caleb Evans. I think they'll have some success moving the ball. You nailed it, Joe. I thought leading up to this game, even before Jimbo announced he was leaving, I thought the distractions were, were going to be too much to cover. And by the way, five and six looking for a bowl game. Do you think Derwin James, Derek Noddy, do you think kids like that really care about a mediocre bowl game at this point? I don't. No. I, I think Monroe covers as well. Yeah, I agree. Louisiana Lafayette on the road against App State. App State did pick up this victory last year, 24 to nothing. But again, I like UL Lafayette here. They're playing much better over the last three games. I think they're in striking distance. They're getting 15 here on the road. App State might win, but UL Lafayette does cover this inflated number. I I like Appalachian State. The Mountaineers have a lot to play for in this game for folks that don't follow the Sunbelt Conference. You've got three teams still eligible for a conference title. App State is one of them, so a lot to play for late in the season. Significantly better defense for Scott Satterfield. Jalen Moore, the running back, finally close to 100%. One of the better group of five backs in the country against the leaky raging Cajun defense. I'm going to take Appalachian State. They'll move on and share the conference title with the winner of Arkansas State and Troy. Here's an intriguing battle. It's Andrew Ford and UMass on the road to face Butch Davis and the FIU. This UMass team has played much better down the stretch. They won four of the last five, and they played Tennessee very tough and Mississippi State both on the road. I like this offense. It's balanced. They have a big tight end in Brenham, and I think they win this matchup. They're only getting a point, but I think they win this matchup by double digits on the road. It's a 4 o'clock kick. Joe, I told Totally agree. It's a good weekend for us to delve into some of the smaller schools. I think you're spot on. UMass has played very well for Mark Whipple, Andrew Ford under center, Adam Brenneman. You mentioned the tight end. Defensively, they've played well. And in terms of Florida International, yeah, the game matters to them, but they're already in the postseason. They've already locked up bowl eligibility. Great job by Butch Davis this season. For UMass, I think this trip to Florida, they'll treat as sort of a de facto bowl game. I think they're going to play very well and win. Yeah, last game we're going to touch on is Idaho in their last FBS game before they move down to FCS in the big sky. Georgia State is the better team, but I think Idaho playing their last game at this level plays very hard and they cover this number. Joe, long trip. All of the trips for the Vandals seem to be long, but this trip to Georgia without a shot for bowl eligibility, yes, last game at the FBS level, I think they struggle. Georgia State has had a nice season this year. I think they'll hold serve at home and cover the number. When we come back, we'll be diving into the MAC along with the Big 12 Championship. Joe Lisi and Rich Sermonello live on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Studio 34. 